Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and good day. I hope that wherever you are, you are having a fantastic time and had a little bit of time to enjoy some RC stuff. Once again, thanks for tuning in to RC Stuff, powered by Hobbywing. I am Charlie Swanka, and I'm here with Mr. Chen. Mike, how are you doing today, sir? I can't complain. Not complaining is my new pro tip in life. You can't complain without a solution, so why bother? Exactly. Mike has been dabbling in the world of RC car racing, and you've been racing on-road and off-road at the, I forgot the name of the place again. E-Team Hobbyplex in Fort Collins, I want to say Hobbyplex, but it's E-Team Hobbyplex. Mm -hmm. And they have a bullring of a racetrack, like medium, small size, I'd call it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You've yeah, been like uh, forty by like seventy or something like that. Yeah, it's Colorado, home of the small RC tracks. Because uh, the other place, there more is like that too. They're a little tiny spot. Haven't been there yet. Not yet. That's good. Not good yet. attitude. So, well, how's your racing been going? Have you improved drastically since last time we talked? You've been club racing almost a couple times a week, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, uh, definitely, I've been running uh, off-road on Fridays and Saturdays there. And then uh, if I can sneak out on a Wednesday to get there for on-road, uh, mm. I've been doing what I can. But uh, I actually found, uh, built a, a VTA class car, uh, and I actually really like it over, I, I like the, the, I don't know how else to describe it, but the the, the wobbly uh, wobbly rubber tires on the carpet is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's VTA is very thick sidewall compared to modern day road course racing or even off road for that matter. What so, car did you get for your VTA whip? Uh, so it's a old. It's one of the belt driven associated chassis. Oh, yeah. That's very old. Yeah. T- TC like five or TC six, maybe. I, you would know better than me. All I know is I, 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 should I, <laughs> I know where to put stuff. I uh, ended up with a like 71 Camaro body on it. Mm, good choice. And, and uh, yeah, I uh, kind of started playing around with painting the body a little bit on uh, trying to get that like that uh what's that called um the co- like a comic book sketch of a car all right so you like, sent me a picture of it yeah. i thought it was a drawing of a picture of a car i didn't think it was an actual body yep that was pretty cool i like that it's got to play with the shading a little bit more to get it the way i want it but it's all right i'm uh not a great on-road driver so that body's already kind of you know <laughs> <laughs> i've always i've always hated spending any amount of time on my rc car bodies because they get destroyed so i mean the scalers the go fast rigs whatever they, they get hammered up so yep and then what off-road car did you end up getting uh so that one i'm running a right now i'm running an x-ray two-wheel drive um oh, fancy yeah i uh, really really like it it just rips through front tires though <laughs> Uh, so about three weeks of running that, I had a fresh set of tires on the on it, and the fronts are done at this point. So, what, so that place is. Uh, so they carpet. run uh, or, for off road. They run. So that's that's the thing. They they're known as the place with the weird wood. Oh, uh, they run. Well, that's um, right. I saw they the run masonite. Yeah, they yeah. run masonite. Um, the cool thing with the masonite though is that it's been used so much 
that there are certain boards that like if you walk over them like your shoe almost gets stuck to it and then there's other boards that are so new that you just have no traction on it so like it's a really cool surface to like play on because you have to be able to kind of look at the track and see where like those dark spots are and know that you're probably going to have better traction on that area good times yeah wood ramps with no i mean that's an uncommon i haven't seen too many tracks that have done nothing on the ramps so that's cool yeah it's um it definitely teaches you how to line up for the jumps a lot better because otherwise you're (laughs) never going to clear them (laughs) you know unless you're short course four-wheel drive (laughs) do they they run that class on that little track oh my god yes (laughs) the, the the soda machine in the corner has been hit a couple times nice Nice. <laughs> well, awesome. We uh we also have a bunch of new products that got released in this last month, and some of them between now and the last episode. So I want to take a moment to kind of breeze over all those hot topics. And Mike and I have discovered a common question on the one of the older of the new releases, the Max 10 G2 series. A lot of the speed controls. As we update them, they get a series update. And the Max series is getting this. They had a V2 update last year, two, two years ago, where they got temperature sensors. Well, now they're getting a G2 update where they're fully censored, fully waterproofed basher based systems. There's the Max 10 SCT has gone away and it's been replaced by the Max 10 140. And the regular Max 10 is now a Max 1080, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on those exact numbers because I'm terrible at that. But there's there's two Max 10 G2s now, a high amp one and a low amp one. And they both kind of have the same specs other than the amp rating and the voltage rating. The, the 140 is rated for up to 4S. And that's primarily to give you headroom when you run 3S packs with a 3S motor. The I'm still not a huge fan of these what I call medium-large motors, the 36 series motors running on 4S. But we made some lower KVs, so that is an option for you crazy people that want to run 4S in a 10-scale vehicle. I, I don't know. I did confirm, by the way, just now, it is 80 amp and 140 amp. Thank you. See? You're welcome. Clicky, clicky there. Um, but Mike has taken it upon himself to help us with our support guide that we have on our website. If you go in the upper right-hand corner, hobbywingdirect.com, you can click on the support guide. You can find helpful tips from myself, Mike, and other members of the team. We're starting to get team driver things posted there so we get some more setup sheets. I think I'm failing in that. I've got like one up there so far, but we're getting more. But one of the things that came up is the Max 10 G2, in addition to all that other awesomeness, it now has a temperature sensing fan. So we had folks hit us up because they thought the fan was broken. And it's not. It just does. You got to get it good and hot before the fan on the speed control runs. And sometimes what made them think that it was broken is that it would burp the fan or like spin half a rotation or one rotation, then turn off. So it looked broken. And they'd run the car for a while and the fan wouldn't come back on because it really never got hot enough. So send an email, got answers. So now you all know. Pro tip. Compliments of Mike. I did it. I did a thing. Go go ahead. Oh, I was just saying I did a thing. That's all. Yeah. I should have let him explain, but I like to talk. So. <laughs> but we, Man, I, I like so, to pat myself on the back. There you go. Don't sprain your arm. But we did do the 1626 motor release. It's in the easy run lineup, and those are at six, six, 16 millimeter diameter by a 26 millimeter length. And if you hold up your thumb, your thumb is probably bigger than that. 
and those are for the mini z guys they come in three different kvs and that pairs with our mini 28 speed control obviously but it's a 3500 a 5000 and a 6100 kv if i'm not mistaken and they are suited for the high-end mini z racers like if you have a stock mini z you're probably not popping one of these in but if you have one of the mini z's with the custom chassis the pn racing stuff um if you race on those mini z series you've probably already heard about this but if you have not hobbywing now has stuff for your high-end mini z so check it out uh those are available i think right now as well as the max 10 g2 combos those have been both out for a minute and next up is maybe the most bang for your rc buck that i've encountered in my years it's the fusion se the original fusion was released a while back and it had one problem and that it was a little bit too long the fusion se is that basic same spec package if you were to look at the specifications it looks like it's the same thing but now it's shrunken down a couple millimeters they're only 58 millimeters long now and it is 30 dollars cheaper than it used to be. maybe more than that maybe 40 dollars cheaper than it used to be i think it's 69 bucks you can pick up a fusion se for so you get an foc two-in-one waterproofed super friendly price point system for your crawler and it's got the exact same settings as the original fusion did so if you loved your fusion v1s you can get another one of those now at a much lower price point and in the trend of all things that are economically priced like an iphone or an element truck it's got se at the name of it for i don't know what's the se stand for savings savings extravaganza that's what it stands for sounds good to me let's go with it (laughs) And then one of our, I guess, two of our most recent announcements was the Tunalizer and the new, all new WP1080 G2. And most recently, I think the WP1080 G2, I did a video and I forgot to mention on the video and I got a lot of flack in the comments. So it's the same price as the old WP1080 was. And it has two very cool new features. There's two additional auxiliary wires that you can plug into your receiver, or if you don't, it just works like a normal speed control. You don't have to worry about it. But one of the plugs allows you to have on-the-fly drag brake adjustability. So if you have like a three-position switch, you could turn the drag brake off to 50% and 100%. Very cool. Or if you set it up like you have a fancy radio and you have a dial for that auxiliary channel, you have infinitely adjustable drag brake, which I think is very neat. And then the other auxiliary channel allows you to use a different drive mode in the speed control called real drive mode and in a real car the gas pedal always makes the engine run and you shift and drive or shift and reverse and that allows this to do the same thing you can set up a switch on your radio where one direction makes the trigger give you throttle and wheel, drive the vehicle forward and you switch that switch you pull the trigger like you're giving it gas and the wheels turn backwards so you have to shift in reverse so for scale driving very cool because you have to stop shift and then reverse and the throttle is always making the motor go so you always squeeze the trigger or give it gas so to speak the other thing that that allows is you always have push brake now so if you come to an incline you need to drive down the hill you can pull up to the edge of it and then put more or less brakes on to get down the hill so you don't have to run a super high drag brake you can use push brake i think it's very neat and when you have high drag brake as you apply the brakes it actually takes it off of that and then you get to feed through the brakes Scalar people probably know exactly what I meant. The rest of you are probably like, this guy's crazy. He's not making any sense. It's very cool. I didn't think I was going to like it. The only downside is this is only for brush motors, and brush motors 
very cool. I'm a big fan of brushless for many years now because of the maintenance thing. But Hobbywing came out with some brushed motors now to pair with this. And we're doing those in combos with the WP1080 G2 as well. And for like, I want to say it's like 65 bucks you can get one of these combos. Maybe less for the, the 540 motor. And have a very feature-packed, awesome driving setup that, you know, maybe for not as waterproof as the brushless stuff is. But you can drive a brush motor in the water a little bit. We all know that, scalar people. They're like, they're waterproof. They just don't last as long. And then the final new release, and this is an all-new product for us in what I call our super accessory lineup, the Tune Elizer. It is a product that allows you to test brushless motors under a, kind of a no-load situation. You could put a little bit of load on them, but it's got a speed control built inside of the box. It's got a screen on it. It's got a knob on the right that lets you dial throttle or reverse, and you can hook either censored or sensorless motors up to it. It'll run the motor at fixed voltages and give you data back on it. On the censored motors, it allows you to see the asymmetry of the rotor, so how equal the north and south are. Lower value is better. All of these are lower value is better. It also shows the sensor offset for how square your sensors are, and it'll show you the individual degrees of the sensors as well as the total average timing of the motor on in degrees and what i've found is people actually take their motors apart and they surface mount solder the sensors into better positions to get everything perfect or they space the rotors in and out to see what it does to the timing of the motor and this device allows you to see all those changes on a screen so you, you know exactly what's happening and then the final one which is new to the tunalizer and none of the none of the other motor testers do this is it shows you the consistency of the sensor strength as well so the, um, the hall sensor deviation and that allows you to see how accurate each of the sensors are in reference to each other and that can obviously the more accurate they are the more precise timing adjustments are going to be these devices are huge in the spec racing world for motor tuners and stuff like that because they'll have however many different spec motors they have that are all the same turn They'll have them set at different timings, and this allows you to see RPM per volt, the KV numbers. You can even do I'm – I'm a big fan of RPM per amp because I feel like that shows you some efficiency, and you get real time on RPM and amp draw, so pretty neat. But it doesn't stop there with just being a motor tester. There's a port on the side. You can plug speed controls into it, like if you're doing bench testing of your speed controls. Hook a speed control up and run the throttle up and down and check you know normal operation of the speed control as in, without turning your radio on. So if you don't have access to your radio or speed control is not installed, you got this cool thing. And if you thought that's all there was, there's still even more. It doubles it's as an OTA. giving. <laughs> But wait, there's more. It doubles as an OTA. You can hook it up to an XE run speed control or even a Max Series speed control and use it to do programming or tuning with the HWLink V2 app in your favorite smart device. And that means updates to the speed controls as well as the tunings. Very cool. I'm I'm a big fan of more options for tuning because... It, I mean, it, it's it's more expensive than a speed control, but it does weigh more than a speed control and allows you to test stuff. It comes in right around 200 bucks, and I want to say pre-orders went live, so there was even hobby shops that had them last week. So if you are in the, looking to do lots of motor tuning or comparison, th this is the guy for you, the Hobbywing Tunalizer. Um, it doesn't, I did, I took it to the U S off-road championships and I got a lot of questions. They asked me about if it's got a printer built in, it doesn't do the printer stuff yet. And it, 
I think the only hiccup that we have, it doesn't live time show you the, the end bell timing, but we're working on some updates to maybe address that. I did ask engineering as soon as I got back. They didn't say yes right away to the request for the, these changes, but they didn't say no. So that's a good sign. They're going to check it out and hopefully we can get Bluetooth printing because dudes like to test their motors. And I think it's because the other devices, they don't have a very good screen. Our screen is awesome. So it'll be pretty easy to see your changes. But they print out these sheets so that they have little tags that go with their motors and they can line up all their motors and compare them, I, I guess. I, don't know. I like printing stuff out. <laughs> so I think that covers everything. I, we, I forgot about the brush motors. Those were out around the same time as the Max 10G2. So we have brush motors now. 555 size, which is basically a 550 motor, and then a 540 size. We do those in two different turns each for rock crawling applications, a 30 turn and a 40 turn and an eight turn or it's 11 turn and a 13 turn in the five, five, fives. Cause the five, five, fives are five slot rotors, which are the ones that have more stator arms. You know, a normal brush motor has three segments on the stator. These have five cool stuff that gives them a more torquey response a lot less stall and like i said i wanted to not like the brush motor stuff but these new style of brush motors are pretty good and that will bring us to events i got Ooh. to go i was i was supposed to go to the u.s indoor championships but some stuff changed with the family and we went i actually did thanksgiving for the first time in years with my family which was really nice so sorry rc friends i missed you at the off-road champs but i did get to hang out with my mom and my brother for thanksgiving so that was i don't want to say it was worth it because i like racing but they did a good job covering us indoor champs that's the race that happens on thanksgiving every year at a hotel in independence ohio and people get together for a week race on road the cool thing is Scotty started hosting an off-road race the week after that. And I got to go to that one, the U S off-road carpet championships, I think is the official name of it. And it's kind of the same thing. They use the same track, but they put carpet ramps on top of it and they have an off-road race. So there's like, I want to say there was almost 300 people at the on-road race or 300 entries rather. And there was 300 plus at the off-road race so play, when i was there it was packed right i got to talk to a ton of racers that i haven't either seen in years or met before and i never had a chance to ask somebody from hobby wing their questions so it was really great to sit down talk to some people i think i made some new friends i got sick so it was super awesome sitting around being sick for a few days the racing was very good hobby wings very own um, Mikhail Orlowski, all the way from Poland, came out and made the main in the on-road race, stayed the whole week, and then TQ'd and won both of his classes in the off-road class. So that was very cool to see. He's very talented, dedicated young man who's a hardworking racer. So cool stuff there. Um, at the same time that that race was going on, there was the drone race that we sponsor in Texas with the Sky Ready guys at the Tough Field. The Sky Ready RC hobby wing presents winter nationals it happens at their very dedicated field the i think it's the tuff field the texas something fun flyers there used to be a plane field lucas sanford and his dad from sky ready caught wind that this field was there they kind of i don't want to say took over but they started volunteering their time to set up races and use the field and they've gotten a pretty solid I think they fly almost every week. They set up a course for everybody to come out either for a handful of bucks or for their racing. They have entry fees, but once a year they put on a big race. I got to go out to it last year, hang out with all the pilots. They let me announce. 
had a great time. So they bring that back. They do cash races. They have a huge prize purse. And they got some travel racers this year. Folks from kind of California flew out and some of the Midwest guys. But they do the FPV open class, which is like, you know, normal five-inch rules. Leviathan won that. My boy from California. I love Levi. I'm his dad. Super fun people. J-Box got second. Daylight FPV was third. And MN Grower himself was there. Screecher came out from the Midwest. So good, nice to see all these guys racing out there together in the top five somewhere other than IO because I usually only see them out there. So, but Skyready RC, a very dedicated, hardworking family that they, I mean, they have their hobby shop business, but without racers, what would they do? So it's they they put in a lot of Saturdays to give people a place to race, and hats off to you guys. And then two weeks, three weeks from now. I will be in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the RC Chili Bowl, perhaps the biggest dirt oval race there is. So if you want to come say hi, the Hobby Wing booth will be out there. I've been told by Mr. Tennis of Trackside Hobbies that there may be the Hobby Wing bar set up inside the tent. So I'm excited for that. Very excited for that. But apparently, dirt oval guys like to party, so I'm in. <laughs> but that happens during a full-size Chili Bowl race dirt oval race for sprint cars and midgets and all sorts of other nonsense so that's a very exciting week of racing the race actually goes from like monday till saturday i'm not going there from monday till saturday i'm only going on i think wednesday night so i'll be there thursday through saturday and i get to fly home on sunday so looking forward to that i was supposed to go last year but i think i got the covids or i I thought i had the covids or i was sick and i didn't go i I don't remember exactly what what the reason was but i didn't go last year when i had a a flight booked to to go and i did not go so that'll be fun and i got a rental card monty hess is told me that i can run his wingless sprint car so i get to race that'll be nice yeah totally gonna cheat (laughs) I i don't know how to cheat but this will be uh, our final episode for 2022. So I always like to wish everyone a, a happy nerd year and a, or wait, no, married nerd year and happy hobby days ahead because I don't like the holidays or New Year's resolutions or any of that stuff. So that, that's my spin on it. You know, I'm going to run with that. We're, we're going to be back for the first Friday of January for another strong season. But we need your guys' help. We, we've run out of people to hit up for interviews. Well, we haven't. But we want to know who you want to talk to. So let us know. Sending us an email, rcstuff at hobbywing.com. If you've got a homie that you want on the show that you think would get along with me and Mike or has some cool RC stories that are PG-13, and the, the Internet needs to know about that, let us know. We'll, 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 we'll see what we can do. And then... We give away free RC stuff every single episode. Hobbywing Systems all year long, twice a month. I mean, that's pretty generous of the boss, and I thank him a lot because that's the real reason that any of you email us or listen to this. So that gets us right to your favorite part of the show, the, the free RC stuff part of the show. Yes. Now, I, I, I do a random thing with the email bucket that I have, and this I drive through this guy's town on a semi-regular basis because I have to go up and down California all the time, and I've always wondered if there are any RC people in this area. And in Newman, California, Curtis Cardona, congratulations, sir. You are this week's winner of RC Stuff Powered by Hobbywing. We'll be in touch via email to see 
I think you provided us all of the information. Got the shirt size, got the email address, got what kind of stuff you're into. So you're going to get a care package of RC stuff coming soon. Congratulations. But that usually brings us to the end. Oh, wait. Did I tell him how to enter for free RC stuff? Nope. Well, you send an email to rcstuff at hobbywing.com. Name, address, phone number, shirt size, the kind of RC stuff you're into. And please type your email into that same area so that I don't forget to include it to Carlos and get fired. Because if he told me if I forget again, he's going to fire me. Also, don't forget, you can put stuff that you want to get into as well. Right. You like a lot of folks. I just got into this, but I want to try this. That works too. Cause then we can get you a system for what you need. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. We, I, yeah I, I, I made a list this time and I, I think I covered everything on my list. Cause I hate forgetting and I get done. I'm like, I, forgot this. I do have one other thing. Oh, one, one, one more time. What, how are we, uh, something nerding and. Oh yeah. day. Happy hobby days and a merry nerd year. Happy hobby days and a merry nerd year. Right? All right I'm going I'm, I'm to get that tattooed. I'll be right back. It's good. Oh, you know what? I almost forgot. Shames is still fast. <laughs> <laughs> we, get one, we get one listen per episode if we say Shames is still fast because he, he listens for it now. <laughs> All right, folks. But that is going to do it. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We appreciate you listening. And we appreciate your emails. I'm Charlie Swanka here with Mike Chen and another fantastic episode of RC Stuff powered by Hobbywing. We will see you guys all next time. Bye.